Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. It's Tuesday at 2 Eastern. It's time for the Nonprofit Exchange. This is Hugh Ballou, founder and president of Center Vision Leadership Foundation, where we help leaders build synergy through being very clear on the vision. And we are here to provide value to others in the nonprofit world. So this, this podcast is targeted for nonprofit leaders and clergy, faith leaders, and it's for everybody, people running a, a business, people who are philanthropists wanting to do good in the world. So if you're running a nonprofit or on a board or support one, this is for you. And today, we're going to talk about uh, some very important stuff in the area of marketing, but it's going to be a lot more specific than that. And um, I'm going to let let our guest today, Beth Brodowski, talk about that. And Beth, tell people a little bit about yourself and what you do, and then why is it you do this, your passion for your work? Oh, thanks, Hugh. Thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be on your show today. And I loved how you talked about your work and your audience. Um, I am Beth Brodowski. I am the president of Iris Creative. And uh, I I love this work of branding. I, over the years, you know, I came to this, I was actually trained as an illustrator and ended up managing and finding my way into design and then became an art director. And ultimately through all that work I did, I really got some clarity around this, that the strategy behind what you do is so important. You can create beautiful work. You can, you can have lovely things and beautiful graphic design, but if you haven't really thought about why you, why you exist as an organization, why you do what you do and how to connect what's valuable about what you do with an audience that's excited to help you thrive, it's, it's really tough and you'll struggle as an organization. It's hard to make those first funds. It's hard to make bigger funds if you don't have a group of supporters that, that, are, that are central to your work and excited about seeing, seeing the things that you do and that you need to exist in a way that maybe is different than a different organization that needs to exist. So going and working with organizations to help them clarify what the word unique really means when it comes to them and how to translate what's unique about them to find the right people to be there to support them. It's my favorite thing. So let me give you some statements. Thank you for that. Some statements. And you tell me which, which of these three are myths. So oh, Lord. <laughs> But number one, hey, I don't need a brand. People know what I do and it's doing work for good. Two, I've got a beautiful logo. I don't need to go into this branding and marketing. Three, it's expensive and I don't need to be spending money on, on branding and marketing. So which of those are myths? Oh, okay. So all, all of the first one, I don't need it. I, you know, um, it's, so, it's, it's so funny when people will say to me, that, you know, I don't need it because we've got a lot of supporters. We've got people coming. I heard a consultant say to me once, if you are not marketing, your organization becomes what other people think it is. It becomes what shows up at your door. So if you're not getting what you want and you're not clear on telegraphing what you want, then you are beholden and you're limited 
by what other people think you are and what they think you're capable of and what they what they think you need in order to do what they want. And if the they in that is not the right they that wants to support what you truly need to have happen, you're gonna become misaligned and what you want to achieve, what you wanna do, isn't going to be able to happen because it's not going to be supported by people that want the same things that you want. They're going to want what they want. You're going to want what you want. And you're going to end up trying to steer a boat in two opposite directions. Your brand is about finding that clear space of which way do we want to steer this boat? You know, Hugh, you were talking about vision. You know, I often say your mission statement exists to say, this is what we're doing today to solve this problem. But your vision statement is that future thing that says, you know, here's my red umbrella. Um, come rally around me, follow us and do it. So your brand, what your brand can do for you is it, it it's the glue, it's that, that bridge that connects your mission to your vision, to your marketing, and all those things that happen on the other end. You might be running an event. You might be doing your annual appeals. You might be sending out a newsletter. So often what we see is the executional communications of an organization gets completely disconnected from your organizational goals and your strategy and your vision of what you're trying to do. You get so caught up in here are the tasks that we need to do today. We need to get people to come to this event. We need to get people to give us money right now. And we end up because marketing and even fundraising can be very executional. There's a lot of things that have to happen. We end up narrowing our vision and looking down and getting the things done. And then at the end of the year or at the end of the three years, you come back to say, we're going to do another strategic planning retreat. And you'll find that you didn't, you didn't get as far as you needed to because there wasn't, there wasn't that mapping. There wasn't that clarity around your sort of brand, your strategy, your positioning, your, your, your clear reason why you do what you do. Those are all very strong leadership traits that um, we're the leader. It's up to us to build the systems that other people can then play into. And we, we have it in our brain, but have we created the system so everybody understands it? And one of the, the big things, I mean, you said a lot of really important stuff and just want people that are listening can go to the nonprofitexchange.org and you can find all the episodes. And in each episode, there's a transcription. So all these great sound bites that went by really fast, you can go back and you can choose to look at those and, and copy those because those are really critical pieces of information. So uh, Beth's here as a passion to share her wisdom with you. But, you know, those are those are areas that we skip over. And later we create confusion and we wonder why there's confusion and we blame other people when in fact it's what we set up by not creating the system for people to be very clear on your value proposition. I think it even goes back to us going into implementation mode when we start out a nonprofit. We haven't done the clarity of looking at the alternatives. In business, you would call it competition, but in nonprofit, it's the alternatives. So we can define that we're, our work's really needed, and we can also define what's distinctly different about us. So in, in our strategic planning process, in Center Vision, we call it a solution map. Where do you want to be and how are you going to get there? We define you know, what are the alternatives, what problem are we solving, and what's unique. So that's our 
unique value proposition, mm -hmm. that I think as a place that you can then move us forward to then create the brand. There's different facets of brand, like the brand image, the brand promises, there's other facets of branding. So talk a little bit more about how you take what, what we've prepared and a strategy and move it into clarity of brand. I think that's so important to talk about because so often when we see a strategic plan, there'll be, you know, a bullet list on strategic brand that says branding, right? We need to get us some branding. And I find I've actually been talking a lot with strategic planners lately because I was, I wanted to know well, what does, what does that mean in this, in this context? And very often when people, you know, people that work in nonprofits who who do valuable, meaningful work, but many people that are responsible for marketing in a nonprofits don't come from a marketing background. And there's nothing wrong with that. We all, we're all in the, on the journey learning about communications, um, but it can be especially hard when there's these jargon terms like branding to even know what does that even mean? And what I found in the work that I do, uh, you know, for 30 years, is that you could say when someone says they need branding, it typically falls into one of three buckets. One bucket is you mean brand awareness. You want everyone to know about you. You want, you want more exposure. You want, you know, everything. The challenge with, with, with brand awareness is that you still need to say, what do we want people to be aware of us for? Just having people know that you exist is, is great, but it's really step one. And so it's kind of like, you kind of have to ask yourself, so once we've caught their attention and then, you know, how do we prove to people that we're the perfect people to solve the problems that they want to solve? Um, I am a firm believer that there is no such thing as an audience of everyone. Even Hugh, when you talked about this organization, this, this podcast, this work you do, you said, we target these groups of people everyone could be interested in this. If there's nothing in this that's against everyone, of course you want as many people as possible to be exposed to this content and listen to it, maybe some volunteers, but, but you have people that I would say, we call it people who are in the center of your circle. People that if you don't capture the attention of those people in the center of your circle, you might have trouble thriving as an organization. And so you have to prioritize the people who you need to thrive over the people that you would like to have. What happens a lot of times in marketing without a branding framework, without a strategic eye on your marketing, we end up diverting our attention and our energy to the everyone, to the people. Imagine you have a target in front of you and you're shooting at that target, but instead of aiming at the middle of the target, you're aiming at the outside edge of the target because you wanna get everyone. What actually happens though, is when you're aiming at the edge of a target, you're more likely to miss the target entirely. You're so broad, you're so wide, you end up having to speak in generalities because you want everyone from the media to the government, to volunteers, to constituents, to low level donors, to high level donors. And you end up, I often say you market like there's a sale on commas. If you'd like to give us $10 or $5 or a million dollars, we're the perfect organization for you because we're perfect, right? We can't exist through hope marketing. Wouldn't it be great if we got on Oprah? You oh. know, and so we have to think about, oh, so awareness is a deep need that we all feel. We all want to be known. We all want to be seen. But getting that awareness and then having being able to, to capitalize on it 
is deeply benefited by having some brand clarity. So that's one thing that people think about. The other thing people often talk about when they mean branding is things that I would call brand identity, the, the window dressing, the visual aspect of your brand, your logo, maybe your business cards, sometimes even your website. People will often call all of these things our branding, your colors, your graphic design, how things look. It is absolutely a factor of branding, but it's the graphical side. So those things, the purpose of your logo, your website is to capture people's attentions, help build recall, but also help people remember you for the right things, help people to understand you and value you. And, and so it's a visual hook to tell people who you are. So the third kind of branding is strategic branding. That's the piece where you figure out all of these things. And so our, our process that we use, we call it Amy. And Amy is A-M-I-E, and it stands for audience, message, image, and experience. And so when we talk about brand identity, we're typically living in the space of image, you know, your, your brand image and how that, how that looks. Sometimes people will then say, well, we know we have problems with our image, but we need to improve our messaging. We need better messaging. And the thing that I always want to respond is, to whom are you messaging? Who, who are you speaking to? If you don't understand the values, the things that are important to the people that you're speaking to, how are you going to help them to care about you and eventually take the actions that are important to you? So A is for audience, M is for message, I is for image, and then E, E is the experience. Because we, we often think, well, now We've done all this strategy. We've figured out who our audiences are. We're now beautiful. We've got a great new website. Ta-da, we're done branding. But you're not. We have to remember that every interaction that we have with people, um, every program that we have, every event that we create is, is building up people's experience of who we are. The brand itself, even though we do branding, the actual brand lives in the hearts and minds of your constituents. It doesn't actually exist other than how people internalize what you're saying to them. So the branding process is about figuring out where do what's best about us? What are we magically great at? What are we better than anybody else at, at creating in the world? And who's an audience that really, really is gonna help us get there, that really wants to do the same things we wanna do? That space where those two things intersect, that's where you find start finding your brand. So that's a lot of data. So I want to mm -hmm. remind people that you can get all of this transcription on the site. It'll be there um, within a day of when we're doing this interview. But if you listen to this anytime in history, it's still relevant. This stuff hasn't changed. It's become mm -hmm. actually more important now than before because you really, people will pass you over because they'll make assumptions. That, oh, you don't need money or you're doing something they don't support when they're making up a narrative because you haven't been clear. So uh, Amy, you talked about the A-M-I-E. I'm not Amy, Beth. <laughs> it's the process, not your name. It's the uh, Amy process, uh, audience, message, image, and experience. Mm -hmm. So those are really four imp important places. We um, can't tell you how often people say, oh, we've got our branding done. Look, it's the colors and the logo. Isn't that great? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yep, I hear that all the time too. <laughs> or I also hear, oh, we totally know our audience. They're millennials. So so when you start out, uh, talk a little bit about the necessity and the methodology of doing the research to determine your audience. 
Um, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's great working with nonprofits. One of the awesome things about working with nonprofits is that you have data. You have wonderful databases that track not just who has shown up, but what they've done. And so the things that, the place that we always start is asking this seminal question. What do you need people to be doing in order for you to thrive as an organization? So what do you need people to do in order for you to thrive? So that can create a huge list. So we call that list desirable actions. What are all the things? And we, we run an exercise. We, we start off most of our branding projects with what we call a stakeholder session. And that's where we bring in representatives of all of your different audiences into a group to workshop and kind of really extract out uh, the key things that we need to know. And one of the things that we look for are what are the desirable actions at your organization that allow your work to thrive? We end up with a huge, huge list. Then we stop that. And we go over and say, okay, let's talk about all your audiences. And so often we end up with a list of 15, 20, 30 audiences. And we look at all this and we, we want all, people to do all these different, and the, and the desirable actions can be anything from people put on the list. We want people to like our social media posts. And then we'll hear, we want people to give us a million dollars everything and everything in between. Great. So then we, we look at our list of audiences and then we go back to those desirable actions. And the question I ask people is if in a, this is, remember this is branding, not marketing. Marketing means we're going to take lots of actions to get people to do the things we want them to do. Branding is what's at the heart. What's our guidepost that we're creating. So we, to begin to find who that perfect audience is we want to look for, we say, imagine a world where you can only have one of these things. Which one of all of these actions would you pick? If you could 10X or 100X it, you'd be golden. And people hate this exercise. <laughs> it's torture because all of the things that you do are important, but it's unbelievably helpful because it really helps get you clarity. The other mistake that a lot of people make when they go into branding is they brand based on what they want versus what they need. And it's very easy for branding to fall into the realm of the marketing people or the volunteers because it's pretty and fun and cool and forget that the point of all of this is to allow an organization to thrive. And part of an organization thriving means that you have the funds that you need to service the work that needs to be done in the world. Otherwise, I mean, that's what you need. So we need to make sure that if we're going to repoint a North Star towards your strategy, if we're going to be putting together this glue, this bridge between your mission and your marketing, we have to make sure that it points towards the things that are going to allow you to thrive. So we anchor ourselves in what do you need people to do? What actions do they need to be take? And then we go back over and we look at, okay, look at this whole list of all these audiences. Who are the people right now who are taking those actions? And you guys now have databases. Maybe for you, it's your major donors. Maybe that if you could just get, if you could just get more $10,000 gifts, you'd be great. Maybe if you could just get more people to show up at this big event that you have, who knows, it could be anything. Um, but we look at what's an important action to you and who are the people that are taking that action now lots of times over and over again. They're your lovers. Those are your lovers. They're great. And so then we look at the people who are maybe not quite lovers, maybe a little outside of that. And maybe they're not taking that action as often. Maybe they're starting at the same place as someone else. They're your likers. And what it's so easy to forget is that there are lots of people in your organization that have taken some actions, 
So before we start going and saying, well, we want new people or we want different people, or we want people totally outside, think about the marketing effort, the, the money, the time, the thinking that has to go into finding people out there on the interweb, out there in the world, finding them, capturing their attention and moving them from the outside of the target all the way into the middle of the lover, lover on the target. And now think about the people who are kind of like your lovers. Maybe they haven't done this important action six times. Maybe they've done it three times, but you're not really paying attention to them. Imagine if you could then understand what your lovers deeply value and what your likers also value and take those values and say, ha, now we know what our people care about. How can we find our likers on our list and how can we look deeper into our list and maybe out there in the world for people that share those same values, but maybe show up in different demographics and look differently. So you've got all this data. If you just start by looking for what are the important things you need people to do for you to thrive and start researching those people, you'll be off to a great start. Oh, that was so helpful. It's like we just had a whole course <laughs> on, on branding. I'm teaching one of those right now. <laughs> well, and um, you didn't need to tell us what your passion was because we can feel it. <laughs> So, and thank God you're doing a transcript because I know I'm a fast talking Northeasterner. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's in uh, uh, Pennsylvania, as I believe, and it's just about as hot as there as it is in Virginia. And yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, Beth, our your website, I put it in the chat, but it'll also be on the 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 page when that we go there. But if you're listening on a podcast, you'll have to go there yourself. But if you're watching the video replay. <clears throat> turning engagement into action it says on your website so it's it's iris i-r-i-s creative.com so there's a there's a um, contact so people can contact you there mm -hmm. but what else will people find when they go to your website well they'll definitely find um, a lot of examples of our work and um, on our about us page is a is a document called the amy process so if people are more interested in hearing about our the, the strategic way Amy works and how we think about it, they can find that under under about us. It's it's in that section there as a link. The other thing that people can find is that one of the things that that we noticed years ago about working with nonprofits is that not everybody is always at a stage where they can bring in an agency like ours to, to help them out. And so you'll also find a link on our website to our other site called nonprofittoolkit.net, which is a site where we run classes and courses for people who are working in marketing at nonprofits so that you can feel like a pro in every part of your job. If you came from uh, another area, another profession, or this is new to you, or you're right out of school, or just marketing just changes so fast. Um, and it's not maybe the full-time thing that you do. Uh, we teach all kinds of things. Um, right now, we're in the middle of a course actually on branding, but we also have a, a, a course called uh, the Fundamentals of Non- or the Foundations of Nonprofit Marketing. So um, yeah, it's for me personally, just very interesting to, you know, help people keep up with with this work and and grow their knowledge so that they can help their organizations better yeah and i yeah that's the, yeah so we're in the middle of this course right now we've got we've got i think three live courses left to do and um and and then and it's all being recorded so it can be it's going to be available on download and the courses that are already run are available on download 
um great great so um when you're when you're on um the the main iris creative you you go to training and then yep. train online master classes there's learn about brand development course and there it is it takes you to the nonprofit toolkit mm -hmm. uh, which is a great resource because um you know like you said there's many reasons people can't always do um the full consultancy but you offer people some other information which is really really helpful so um what is the the prevalent piece now you talk about um you evaluate your audience and then you choose where to focus mm -hmm. we are we are in fact as nonprofit leaders we are social entrepreneurs we tend to be distracted by shiny objects and all the uh, all the brilliant ideas we have and the things we need to be doing uh so focus that there's an acronym for focus which is free of clutter and unnecessary stuff mm -hmm. um so you get assigned different letters but basically you want to hone in on what's the what are the most important pieces and when you said well people hate that exercise but sometimes what we hate the most is what we need the uh -huh. most absolutely and and it's our job is is, is leaders to we don't do all of this so part of what we help people in center vision learn to do is to, to find really good people and learn to delegate because there's other people with really good gifts that that want to fulfill their passion which is mm -hmm. your passion of helping other people um so as people are thinking about we're coming up the last um five ten minutes of this interview but um um sometimes people we see all of the good we can do we just want to do everything and we want to tell people everything and that's really not in our favor nope. for getting traction so you talked about what's the most important audience that you really need and how you're going to get those those are your donors those are the, the mm -hmm. funders of all sorts your 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 stakeholders who are yep. going to help you deliver which what it is that you're delivering to actually fulfill your mission so um it sometimes we, we we might find this audience too limiting and we need to go to a second audience so when do we do that do we wedge into that audience and have a following and then do a second audience or what's the timing on that that's well there you know there's no there's it depends is the timing on that but so what we do is we we i i you know i always hesitate to use like super corporate terms but in the corporate world there's a term called a persona which is basically a made up pretend person you know it's it's a it's a description of a, a representative person of an audience and you know these days in a world of um trying to be equitable that can be that can be a little bit challenging but the way i look at it is when you can look at someone as opposed to looking at them, I know our audiences, they are millennials. I often joke that I have two millennial kids. One's a, a Navy veteran, married, owns a house and has two children. And one of them spends 50% of his time on my couch. You know, they're not all the same. They have different things. So this is why I think it's so important to look at who's helping you thrive right now. But you can't just stop and be like, oh, well, it's 72 year old white woman. So we need to go out or either we need to go out and find more 72 year old white women or, oh my gosh, we've got so many of those. We need fill in the blank, something that looks, feels, or acts totally different than that. Because then you could end up with such a huge disconnect between what your current audience wants and what this new hopeful marketing, what you think that they want, that the people who are helping you thrive right now drop right out 
in your search to focus on somebody new and different because they think, well, they want something totally different than we do. We, you clearly don't care about us anymore. So we're going to take our millions and go home because there's other organizations. So our methodology, the way I've come up with a way of thinking about it to, to prevent that from happening is, is you start out here with behavior. So we talk about demographics and all those different things when you're coming up with a persona, but it's getting beneath all of that to these values. What do, what do your lovers care about? What makes them get up in the morning? What do they care about in relation to your organization? But also what do they care about as people? What problems do they have? What keeps them up at night? What, what do they wish for in the world? Like what do these people deeply care about as human beings? And then when you can see what the, where those people are as your lovers and then figure out where they are as your likers, we then recommend creating two, we call them emerging personas. Because like you said, Hugh, if I say, well, these are your people, this is your, that's restrictive. What I find then is, is if you've got somebody that's taking this high level of action, you go down to their values, then imagine you're sliding across the values. You're then communicating with a new group of people, maybe a different demographic, maybe a different age, maybe a different racial background. Maybe they live in rural areas versus city areas. Maybe they behave differently. So there's other aspects of their persona that are new or different or in a place you want to move your organization. But if they have a core group of shared values, then from a branding perspective, you can then start communicating from a shared center, from a shared center. And then all your communications will function like spokes on a wheel coming out of a strong central hub. And you can act like the same organization everywhere. Not everyone has the capacity to do segmented marketing in every place that you do it. And, and if you're speak like for example, I um, just, I posted something on LinkedIn the other day because I was, I closed out a LinkedIn meeting, not a LinkedIn, a Zoom meeting. I closed out a Zoom meeting and then a pop-up showed up on the, at the end of the Zoom meeting. I don't know if anybody else is noticing, they've started to do this pop-up advertising. And the first pop-up that I saw was, hey, get 50% off on our webinars. And my, as a brander, my first reaction was, I've been a webinar customer for four years. Like your Zoom, you don't know that? Like, don't they have the capacity to know? Like, I just felt like, wow, these people, I spent all this money with them. They don't even know that I'm a webinar customer. That's how marketing, when you are, when you ignore the things that you should know about people in the world where there's technology, that's the reaction. Like, what? What do you mean? You don't know me? When you can communicate from a place of known, but you know, that Zoom should have the capacity to figure that out. Not all of not nonprofits have those tools or capacities, but when you're communicating from shared values, you can, you can speak to more different demographic or behavioral graphics from this sense, the same place of, of values. And it feels less like that. It feels less like, wait, what, why are they saying this to me? Um, and it prevents you from feeling like, and I'm sure a lot of you that are marketing feel this way, that you're filling up one bucket and it's bleeding and then another bucket and another bucket, and they're all disconnected. And somebody will walk into your office, you know, a volunteer says, we don't have anything for, and there's some random group out there that they've decided we now need to target. And you end up dropping everything that you're doing, racing over and coming up with something perfect for this group that's out there. And it's all disconnected and you end up you know, just really getting exhausted 
you, you, many of you are, as I lovingly call you all slash marketers, meaning you're like the development director slash communications director. You only have so much time. You only have so much capacity, but you have to remember, so does your audience. They only have so much time. They only have so much bandwidth for you. So the more central you can stay in speaking to their values, it will allow you to find people that look different and are different, but care about the same things you care about. So there, what you've heard, there's lots of options. So start by going to iris, I-R-I-S creative.com and look there, contact, um, contact Beth, because as you see, she's a wealth of information, has a lot of, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like this is what you shouldn't do in order to be able to have success first with a segment. Now, yes, we're successful. Yes, we're doing well. Yes, we're getting money. But what if you put your mind to this? How much more of each of those things you're doing could you accomplish? And could you lower the stress in your life if you created systems around that? So Beth, you've given us a lot to think about today and a lot of really useful information. So I want to remind people to go to iriscreative.com and there's a contact and a lot of really good information. So what um, what do you want to leave as a, as a closing thought with all the wealth of information you've given us, what's the most important thing for people to think about now about brand? Um, I would say what branding means, and this is what people sometimes resist about it, even though we think we want brand, branding means to be perfect for some, you have to be willing to be completely wrong for others. And as nonprofits, that can be very, very hard because you're doing good work and you want to be perfect for everyone. You can be okay for everyone in marketing, but branding is about making very difficult choices to narrow that focus. So as, as Hugh said, you can get deeper in with a core group of people, with a core group of people that can truly care about you, support you, and make the things that you want to have happen in the world happen. It's very tough to do that just by saying, do this thing, do this thing, do this thing, please pay attention to us. So by being willing to become narrow and make choices, it is surprising to people how much that will help you deepen the relationships with the people that are most interested and capable of helping you get where you want to go. Wise advice and that you can take that, take that money to the bank. So uh, Beth Brodowski, thank you for being our guest today on the Nonprofit Exchange. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to The Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.